The dynamic duel is back. We need a cape. The Batman of podcasting is with Robin. <laughs> Just see how By I took default. that. See how I took that. You took it. You took ownership of Batman, and hey, look, didn't even discuss. I'm, it. Just I'm took, okay with that. Just took. Robin. Robin still fights superhero uh, the villains as well, right? Sure, sure. Well, welcome back. We're uh, yeah. <laughs> thank you, Chris. <laughs> There's always fun and hilarity here on our show. Sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't, but hopefully we make you laugh. That joke in particular goes back like two years. It's an old one. It's an oldie. It's, it's an oldie, but a goodie, maybe. Maybe just for us. Pretty much. But uh, yeah, Lancaster Connects, we're, we're back. Ben and Jeff together. We've had uh, some solo episodes here over the last handful of weeks. Summer vacations, business mm-hmm. travel. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're here. Uh, introducing great people, doing great things to you here in Lancaster County. You know, a lot of my peers in the industry ask me why I do the show, you know, so I, I shared this a uh, number of times over the last week. It's because we want to highlight people doing good in our community. We want to highlight what's great in our community. Uh, and we don't want to be the type of business that just takes from our community. So Lancaster Connects is a way for us to give back, highlight people and great organizations helping out others in and around the area. And uh, we want to be a part of that. And so our platform here at the store has become Lancaster Connects and we're two plus years into it now. Oh, man. Uh, I guess maybe three coming up in January, right? Yeah. Two and, and a half. You know, you say um, highlighting great people and organizations giving back. I think none more so maybe than today's guest. Yes. We'll get to in just a few minutes here, but yeah, they give back. Major, major Lancaster County Oof. success. So unbelievable. You know, you can catch this show. Uh, you're going to be, you know, there'll be no reason to not catch the show. There'll be no reason to not be inspired if you're somebody that has a message to get out on social media because our guest today has powerhouse social media mm-hmm. channel presence. And you might think, given his background mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and upbringing that he might not be as active, but well, maybe we'll talk about that. I think about we how David gets on social media. But um, you can watch our show pretty much anywhere an internet-connected device can exist, and you can connect to YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook. You can pick up the show on all the different audio podcast platforms. Um, we love when you comment. We love when you check in. Uh, typically, commenting gets you in on the prizes we give away, but we're still in this uh, summer contest mode for party, party gras. How's it been going, man? We've been making some people happy, right? We've given away... What, how many tickets have we given away? Like, uh, we had 20 sets of tickets to give away and we have four to give away today. So that means we've given away 16 sets of tickets. Last, the last ticket drawing is today. Is today. Yep. We've got a lot of people on the line, uh, or watching live, uh, to find out if they are going Winners. to win the wheel spin. Um, been a great contest. Uh, if you don't, if you don't know or, uh, been living under a rock for the last month and a half, we had Brett Michaels. Rockstar from uh, the band Poison and many other Brett Michaels ventures over the years. We had him as our 100th uh, Lancaster Connects episode guest. And it was a great interview. If you haven't caught it, go back and watch it. Um, it's on the our website, LancasterConnects.com uh, slash contest is where we're running this contest. Uh, Brett uh, was a great interview. You can watch it on there. Uh, but he was he and his team were gracious enough to give us 20 sets of tickets to his upcoming concert on August 26th. That's like like three weeks from now. <laughs> Coming around the corner. And uh, the stipulation was we had to give it to hometown heroes, to give these tickets to hometown heroes or veterans. You know, so those who actively uh, and selfish, selflessly give back to their community, right? So Brett likes to highlight or, or feature uh, hometown heroes and veterans uh, during his concert. And, uh, we are giving away those, those tickets. All you have to do is go to LancasterConnects.com slash contest. It's a photo nomination contest. So you just go there, um, give us a little bit of information, name and email, and you're nominating somebody. It could be yourself. It could be a friend. It could be a family member, anyone who's a hero, uh, in the community that could be police, fire, EMS, nurses, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, uh, or a veteran. Um, there's two different pages. You'll see the buttons on that website to do that. Uh, but yeah, today's the last, uh, giveaway for the regular tickets, regular tickets. So we're giving away two tickets to heroes and two tickets to veterans today. And then there's the VIP giveaway that's going to run through, uh, next week's or it'll end right before next week's episode. 
Uh, we'll have to cut that off probably by around uh, noon or so. Uh, well, I think uh, let's, let's, well, Sunday at midnight. Sunday at midnight. This way, this way it's dialed in Sunday that's, at midnight. That's a good point. Yep. Yep. And that's that. So if you're in the running, um, and you're in the running for that VIP experience, which basically the, the person right there on the screen, the person with the most likes, shares, interactions as calculated by that measurement that Chris is highlighting on the screen. Um, that'll be the winner. We'll have one VIP experience winner for, uh, veterans tickets and one for hometown hero tickets. So this is the week to share. This is the week to start putting it out on your social channels. Yeah, uh, some of you are way out front. Some of you are bringing up the rear, so to say, to put it nicely. Um, and uh, you know, so there's still a whole week left yep. to um, to to maybe get that VIP experience. So good luck to everybody. I know there's one photo with over a thousand. Yeah, that's thousand that one's, votes. That one's way out front. Now so. uh, that might sound like a big number, but if you share it daily, I mean, you can share it as often as you want. Um, and if you have, let's say you have a hundred people, uh, you know, there, there it is, uh, yeah, their Facebook friends or fans, they can vote daily. So you can get up to a thousand pretty quickly. You just have to, you know, have to ask for it. You have to have to actively do it. So that's right. That's right. And so, uh, we're excited. I'm excited to see how this all wraps up. Yep. It's been a fun, uh, six weeks or so promoting this. And a lot of people get to go and enjoy that concert, August 26th, that Hollywood casino Penn national race track. Uh, Grandville. 26th and Grandville. Yeah, yep. Nope. So before we get on to David from Blessings of Hope, we have one little piece of news. Again, creating this platform, we have a lot of people that reach out to the show. Um, you know, some, some people are a natural fit like David is and others, you know, just don't exactly fit the mission of what we're doing. But we created this uh, thing on our site, share your news. Um, so you go to LancasterConnects.com. There's a tab, be a guest or be on the show and you can either be a guest or share your news. So if you're a business that has an event coming up, if you're a charity that was just on recently or you're somebody giving back that's doing something fun and fundraising for the community in a positive way, use that tab on our site, get us your news and we'll get it on. Uh, we do ask for a couple of weeks notice just so we can prepare accordingly. Uh, but uh, Betsy from Acorn Acres reached out. So Betsy was a fantastic guest, had Poppy, the Emmy award-winning groundhog who was in the Jeep Super Bowl commercial with Bill Murray. Betsy was on the show as a past guest and wanted to bring to our attention, we got some severe weather coming through later today, I guess, wind, rain, storms. Um, typically, these these events uh, lead to uh, problems for uh, squirrels and for bunnies. Bunnies, yeah. yeah. I knew there was another little critter. Um and so she had sent along some information. You know, what I'll do is I'll post this to our page uh, after the show. Um, but basically she shared uh, yeah, there. There's a couple of infographics. Can't possibly. I'm not going to read it to you um, here. Uh, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't be, it would be a disservice to it all. I'll put it out on the, on our pages and um, make a note of that right now. We'll get that out. But. If you see an injured squirrel or a rabbit, we'll share some information on how to uh, handle those. But just understand, like, her rescue is full. Her capacity mm -hmm. is maxed out. And so she's sharing this information to just help you. Maybe if you see one in your yard, uh, one in the neighborhood, you could uh, you could follow these steps, helpful steps. And, uh, and help that little animal out. Yeah. Right? I think the thing with the storms is that, you know, maybe there's a nest with babies in it. The storms blow the babies out of the nest. And now where's mom? You know, yeah. uh, so there's, uh, some kind of how to or what to do, uh, information there that we'll share out. But yeah. yeah. Thanks for sharing, Betsy. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, please use that share your news tab. Um, we'll, we'll get it on for you. Um, Get us all the information you can, and then we'll also post it on our page as well, where when and where it makes sense. All right. So, without too much further ado, yeah, let's bring on our uh, our guest, uh, David Lapp from Blessings of Hope. David, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for welcoming. I mean, for inviting me to the show. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Like like Jeff said in the intro, we we highlight uh, or we like to highlight organizations that give back to the community and. Uh, I don't think we've had a guest with more impact, uh, not that others don't have impact, but like the size of the operation 
the amount of volunteers and the amount of, of uh, food uh, you provide uh, to community, our community and beyond. It's just staggering. And we'll get into some of that with you. So um, again, welcome to the show. We're, we're excited to talk to you about Blessings of Hope. So where did you, uh, where, where did you grow up, David? And, and when, when did you make uh, Lancaster your home? Oh, I actually grew up in New Holland, north of New Holland, uh, Shirk Road, Linden Grove, for those of you who know the area. I went to a one-room schoolhouse on uh, Linden Grove Road. And, uh, when I was 13, our family moved to Indiana to form. And mm-hmm. uh, so we were in Indiana for about 10 years. This was East Central Indiana, just north of Interstate 70. And uh, at one point, we were farming 400 acres with horses. And we were milking about a hundred cows. Wow. There was, uh, five of us that were full time in the farming. My dad was always more into greenhouses, uh, raising flowers, and, uh, vegetable mm-hmm. plants, that kind of thing. So everywhere he, everywhere we went, he would build a new greenhouse. And, you know, that was his thing, but, uh, grew up on a farm. Uh, in 2005, we were excommunicated from the Amish church, uh, grew up horse and buggy. Uh, we didn't have any tractors in the fields, no cars, anything like that. Uh, eighth grade education, like I shared earlier. Uh, we were excommunicated from the Amish church in 05 and then moved back to Pennsylvania right after that. Okay. Okay. And, uh, now you're in the New Holland area or similar? Uh, we live in Atford, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, we live about, uh, three miles from where I grew up initially, where I was born. Okay. So horse and buggy, even in uh, Indiana, you were horse and buggy as well. And uh, what did you say, four hundred acres with horses? Yeah, we were. We were. We would do a rotational grazing. You know, we had dairy farms. So we a lot of that was grass, but it was still you know overall everything was. Uh, you know, we, we would do all our farming with horses. So well, well, that's truly impressive. Truly impressive. So where did the uh, where did blessings of hope come from? Well, in the, after we moved back to Pennsylvania, we started a nonprofit called Light of Hope Ministries, which was more of a counseling ministry or a speaking ministry. As uh, two of my brothers, uh, one of my sisters and her husband, a brother-in-law to one of my brothers, Aaron, Aaron Fisher was a brother-in-law to my brother, Jake. There's five couples that started out in ministry. And uh, we had a need amongst our own families for food. And Aaron would would help at an outreach to distribute food in Harrisburg. And he started hearing about the crazy volumes of food that are being wasted because food pantries can't take the semi-load volumes. So wow, what, okay. what, we're, what we started seeing is these large warehouses, they don't want to deal with 50 organizations every day. And on the other hand, find a food bank that wants a semi-load of fresh produce every day. So mm. we started talking about, you know, what, what could this look like to have warehouse capacity to have the trucks that we need to, to bridge the gap between the available product and the need and bring those two together. And out of that is what Blessing of Hope, as you know it today, that's how that started. In uh, 2010, Aaron committed to packing seven boxes a week for a local pastor. And, you know, when you're operating out of a three-car garage and you're getting a couple of times a week, you're not sure what you're getting in. Seven boxes of food is a lot of food. Mm-hmm. And it would take, you know, most of the day to pack those seven boxes because, you know, you know, we, we had food, but it was usually one or two items, you know, that, that we would get in every, you know, once a week. And then finding that variety to make a nice box was, was a challenge early on. Uh, right now on a packing shift, they can pack 1500 boxes in a two hour shift. It's, mm. it's Hardly realized. So unless gone through. So in less than fifteen years, you went from seven boxes a day in a garage. A, seven boxes a week. A, oh, a week. A week to fifteen hundred in a shift. A two-hour shift. Yeah. Two-hour shift. I'm thinking that's impressive for eight hours. <laughs> no, that's a two-hour shift. <laughs> Dave is like, keep up, young men. <laughs> keep up with us here. <laughs> The, the, the wow. most, most we packed in one day was 6,700 boxes. That was in 2020 over COVID. Mm. Uh, we were, we were packing boxes three shifts a day. It was around 6,700 boxes that we packed in one day in 2020. So what, what exactly is in a box of food? Is there, 
Is there like a process, a, a typical it, it's, packing it's usually, list? Usually an assortment of what we have available. See, unlike a traditional warehouse, we don't place an order for a specific product. We get a phone call saying this product is available. Do you want it or don't you? And then we say yes or no. And okay. there's there's so much food available. According to USDA website, 30 to 40% of all food produced in America is wasted. And if, if wow. half of the global food waste would be recovered, it would end world hunger. You know, if you think about world hunger, it's not that big of a deal, right? It's really, what, a couple hundred billion dollar a year issue. And half of the waste, food that's already being produced, it's already being processed, half of that waste would take care of world hunger. So the more we're looking at this issue, the more we're seeing it's not a production issue, it's a management issue. Mm-hmm. If we can utilize what's already being produced and make that available to the people that need it, we can we can have a greater impact on society. So can you can you talk a little bit about why this waste exists? Like, um, you know, what what's happening? You know, you mentioned the warehouse that you get a lot of your produce from, like, like, and and there was a picture of bananas there. Let's use bananas for example. They get, I don't know, hundred crates of bananas, and and you're saying forty or fifty percent of that is is could be potentially wasted if yeah, not used but, by. So, so if you think about it, uh, you know, we see the grocery stores as as the main supplier of right. grocery stores. You have your distribution centers, your your local distribution centers. Then you have your regional distribution centers that are, you know, a couple million square feet. And then you have your manufacturers. And every step of the way, there's food being wasted from, from the grower mm. producer to the, you know, the uh, regional warehouses, to the local warehouses, to the grocery stores. Our primary focus is on the warehouses, the, the distribution centers, because they have they have a longer shelf life left than what the grocery store does. So there, there's multiple reasons mm-hmm. something gets rejected. Uh, it can be overproduced and it's simply just too much of that product in the, in the pipeline. It can be a uh, misshipped product. It can be getting too close to expiration date. It can be, when I say getting too close to expiration date, I'm, I'm talking about product that they were selling to retail yesterday. It's that point where retail stores no longer buy it, so they got to move it on. And mm. if you think about a warehouse distributing, say, 100 semi-loads of fresh produce a day, and they have a semi-load of waste, that's a 1% waste. It's really not that much in the grand scheme of things. They want to make sure they have enough for their customers. But, you know, if, if they if they can't utilize a product rather than sit on it until they have to send it to the landfill, they can actually donate it and get a tax write-off for the product. So they're not paying taxes, but they can actually get a tax write-off for it. Okay. Yeah, that was a, I, it was a question that I assumed the answer to. So these warehouses, food pr- producers, anywhere in the chain behind the grocery store, they're donating all these items to you. Yeah. And then... Another example would be a semi-truck might show up at a distribution center and this distribution center has quality standards they grow by. For example, uh, a, a load of frozen product that the reefer can't be more than five five degrees below zero or not warmer than that. So if it's two below zero, the load gets rejected or mm. four below. So we're we're off by you know one or two degrees. That's enough to trigger a rejection of the whole load. Uh, another example we've had is where two skids at the back of a semi-truck were leaning against the side wall and a semi-loaded chicken was rejected for that. 19 skids, a perfect product, fresh product, because two skids were leaning against the side wall. You know, stuff like hmm. that, most people have no idea that happens, but it does. And and us being able to take that wow. product, we can then utilize that. And the the issue had been up to this point was for this truck driver to find a place where he can unload a semi-truck load of chicken. With blessings of hope, we can take that product in, we can make it available to the hundreds of organizations that then, you know, utilize that for, for their local distribution. And, and so your warehousing then goes across dry storage, refrigerated and frozen storage, I guess. Correct. Is that right? Yes. And do you have trucking then too for we this? Do. We do. Yeah, we have uh, we have our own fleet of trucks. 
Uh, right now we have nine semi-tractors. We have about 30 trailers and we have about 15 straight trucks. And there's yeah, I see the trucks all over Lancaster. Usually, yeah, and so deliveries, you know, whatever needs to happen there. Yeah. So, so walk us through what you're doing with your trucking. So, are you going to pick things up or are you using those trucks to go from your warehouse to all the various people you then support? Uh, both, both. Okay. We, we like, we like to do a delivery and then do a pickup on the way back. But, uh, about 80% of what we get, we have to pick up at a warehouse. The other, mm -hmm. 20% or so is dropped at our docks. And by having a, a, a big key for a lot of these donors is they want to make, they want to make a phone call and get rid of their problem. Just for example, on this past Friday, we were offered 21 skids of meat, uh, raw. I mean, uh, un, never frozen meat that had like a 10 day date until it was what they call their freeze by date. So if you don't use it by, I think it was August the 15th, you have to freeze it. But the issue was we got the phone call at one o'clock on Friday afternoon, just this past Friday, and it had to be picked up by four o'clock in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. We had, we had uh, three hours to pick up this load of, of meat and it was a two and a half hour drive. And there's no way wow. if we had third party logistics that we could have accommodated that donation because mm -hmm. Uh, finding a truck in, in 30 minutes is almost impossible because yeah. we had our own trucks and we had a driver available or we were able to shift it, shift it around where we were able to utilize those 21 pallets of fresh meat that would have otherwise been, they, they told us if we don't mm. there by four o'clock, they're going to, they're going to pitch it. Wow. So, so to put this into context, so 21 pallets of meat, was this hamburger it's or chicken or steaks, uh, ground beef, Hams, bacon, uh, yeah. I mean, probably like a hundred thousand dollars worth of. We're, we're talking a two pound pack with a nineteen dollar price tag on it. Yeah, frying product. Yeah, and so do, do you do you recall what the weight? What what what? Just ballpark. What would the weight of that been? Uh, I'm going to say it was probably 15, 20 tons. Okay. Ton okay. Tons. Yeah. So 36,000, so, cause I want to put this into context. Yeah. yeah. For, let, let's set aside the price. Yeah. Right. Because you're not about, you know, you don't communicate to your volunteers or your food banks or to the end user who gets your boxes of food. Hey, here's the money we saved you. You're about, we're putting food in your belly. Yeah. Right. So 36,000 pounds of meat. Mm -hmm. And there's about, on the, you know, on a conservative side, three port, four ounces. Let's, let's be, let, let's feed everybody a little more. Let's say it's eight ounces. 72,000 people got a meal from that truckload. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's 72,000 people had a protein meal from one instance. Yep. Yep. That's insane. And just, just, just because we have our own trucks, we were able to, to respond to that load where if we would not have had yeah. our own trucks, there's no way we could have accommodated that donation. So David, uh, so let's say, you know, that truck comes in, you've got, uh, you know, trucks coming in from other places, you're, you're going to pick stuff up. What happens when that stuff arrives at your facility? We've seen pictures of, uh, people who don't look like employees. Um, so obviously there's a huge volunteer effort. Mm -hmm. Uh, can you walk us through, um, not only handling it there at your facility, but then getting it to the people who need it, like who comes, all of that. Yeah. So we, we have, uh, here in Lancaster, we have over a hundred thousand square foot of warehouse space. And a lot of that is, you know, freezer, cooler, dry space. We, we have nice, select, nice variety of, of all of that. Uh, just our, our big freezer alone, we can store, I think it's 250 pallets of frozen product in our big freezer. Uh, so, so basically what we did with this meat is initially right away, we put it in the freezer because it was getting close to that freeze by date, freeze the product. And then this goes to our selection center in Lancaster, right beside McCaskey for anybody familiar with the area. We have a uh, 29,000 square foot facility that's dedicated for what we call our minister selection center. This facility is open to any, any nonprofit that's serving the community. They can come in six days a week, Monday to Saturday, select anything they see on display at whatever volume they can use. 
they will pay a handling fee that covers their operational costs to get that product to them. Mm-hmm. They're not paying anything for the product. What they're paying for is wow. the, the opportunity to come to one location, select food from 200 different donors, donations, at whatever volume they can use. And the at this point, that handling fee is 27 cents a pound. That will be going up to 31 cents a pound here in September. But that that process, the, the, our model allows us to to continue growing. The only thing we need to fundraise for is for food that we send to uh, inner city missions, and mm-hmm. that there's there's an unlimited amount of free food available. The question is, how fast can we build the infrastructure to bring that in? So at our select center in Lancaster, is it's uh, like I said, twenty nine thousand square foot. They'll come in, they'll get a shopping cart, whatever they see they can use, whatever volume they can use, and then they'll pay that handling fee. So it it would either go through that or it would go through what we call our hands of hope boxes, which is a pre-packed about 40-pound box of food that is ready to give out at an outreach. So your churches, they'll order, say, 100 boxes of of food to be delivered on a Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. They don't need any facilities. They can distribute right off the back of our truck on their parking lot distribute the food to 100 families, and our and our driver comes back. So those are two of our main programs. And mm-hmm. then the uh, outreach, uh, the outreaches that we do, where we just send a truckload of food into, say, Baltimore, Philadelphia, Harrisburg, New York City, one of the bigger cities around us, it's a way for us to manage our inventory. Uh, for, for example, two weeks ago, I walked into our cooler, there was 15 skids of blackberries. And yeah, we're talking that the small eight ounce packets, whatever they are, they're like four or five dollars a piece of giant. Yeah, we buy them all the time in our house. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, the, the the only issue is they're ripe. You have about two or three days to do something with them. So those are not all going to move through our selection center. No, right. we can freeze some of them, but we can also then outreach some of those where we just send a skid of those, a skid of the different products. Send them to Philadelphia, bless hundreds of families with those, and they can utilize the product rather than see it being wasted. That's amazing. That's amazing that you would do that. Wow. You know, so I'm, I'm going to make a, a little bit of a left turn here because there's a theme that's come up in the last handful of shows where we see private individuals step in and fill a void. And I, and I don't want to make this political, but I guess I'm going to make it political. So, and it's appropriate because you said that, that, uh, you had that, I think it was the, the opportunity for the 21 pallets of food or no, there was a chicken order yeah. because two in the back hit the wall. I'm guessing that's a regulation of some sort somewhere along the line. Is that correct? Uh, either regulation or just a, uh, just- a rule. A policy that these distribution centers have, you know, yeah. if the skit's not setting up right, they just don't take it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. insurance companies come in, insurance pays for it, driver got to get rid of it, and you move on with life. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess my point is at, at times in our society, there's a lot of different rules that seem to be around. And not that we want to break rules and not that we mm-hmm. want to do unsafe things, but you, you know, it really blew my mind early in the show where you said we don't have, a, I forget how you phrased it. We don't have a food production problem. We have a management problem. And I guess that's my, more my point here. You know, like I'm, I'm thinking back of Marlene, Marlene with Tech Centro, um, you know, largely helping Latino, Latina people, um, Hispanic people get in the workforce, um, support with English language learning, uh, get them into the workforce. Like there, there's a private in private individuals come together to support a subset of the community and, and their services are open to everybody, but they, they do have a specific focus, you know, and they exist because there are some, some realities of society that are harder to work around. If you just accepted the rules, uh-huh. right. And, and here you exist because you say, well, we know these rules in place. We know these policies in place. We know these things happen, but boy, it's a shame that there's so much waste. What can we do about mm-hmm. it? So where, where do you feel that inspiration came originally, like to kind of fill that void? I mean, mm. what, what made you ask that big question of how do we scoop up this 30 to 40% of food waste and get it into 
get it into people's bellies and bless them. Right. At this point, we're not getting close to the 30 to 40% of food waste. We, we estimate at this point, we're about a 0.0035% of what's being wasted is what we're recouping at this point. So we are, I mean, that's staggering when you talk about like the tip of the iceberg or what. My goodness. Uh, inspirational where it got started. Aaron Fisher, one of my partners grew up in a food insecure home and somebody would bring them a box of food every week. His dad was in a wheelchair. And he just had a passion to, to do this. And through, through our transition early on, uh, we were working together very closely with Aaron and he, he started coming up with some of these crazy ideas. And we were like, uh, you're crazy. There, there's no way <laughs> he kept talking about these big warehouses and all the trucks and all that. he had the grand plan of how to do it. But an issue with Aaron is he doesn't like papers or computers. You know, it's all about the people and the process. And yeah, I'm more the details guy. I like to be in the office. I like to take care of the details. And so it was just a great fit to work together. You know, early on, one of the biggest fights we had was trying to keep things fair. You know, I would try to do my share of the dirty work and he would try to do his share of the dirty work. And we figured out you know, if we each do what we like to do, we complement each other. So. There you go. That was a lot of there the facts behind it. Uh, without Aaron's driving passion early on, there's no way it would have gotten to where it is today. And uh, but yeah, it's it's been a it's been a great uh, team effort to work together with Aaron and just you know figure things out as we go. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic you and Aaron have. I made a gesture. <laughs> it's very similar to Ben and I, right? Uh, I'm the idea guy. Ben's the detail guy. Yeah. So so in your role. Uh, what what is your specific role with blessings of hope? Uh, CEO. Okay. Yep. I I try to stay out of everybody's way so they can get their work done. <laughs> that's that's the first marker of a good CEO, right? Keep the vision, keep the vision and the direction going forward, and let the teams let the teams around you uh, do the work. I mean, you shared in their pre-show you have about a hundred employees or so. Uh, I think we're literally on the 90, somewhere between ninety and a hundred. I'm not. I'm not sure. I can. I mean, I can find out, but I'm not exactly yeah. sure where we're at right now. But uh, and that's up yeah. from eight in 2020. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So uh, you obviously, you know, ninety, hundred to a hundred employees, um, all doing great things right here in Lancaster and beyond. And I know that includes your drivers and you know office staff and and all of that. But you have a huge army of volunteers. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the pictures that we've been seeing uh, Chris scroll through on on, um, on the screen here um, shows a lot of the volunteers. Can you talk about the uh, not only the amount of volunteers, but what they're doing, how someone can volunteer, all of that? Yeah. Uh, right now, we see over 1,400 volunteer positions a week filled. Uh, last year, we had 160,000 volunteer hours recorded with almost 16,000 different people. Uh, there were 60,000 different, uh, volunteer shifts, you know, where, where, where people fill the shift. So it's just incredible to see the support of the community. There is, uh, that there, there's a, there's a huge, there's a huge, uh, opportunity that we have to utilize this. The, the the work of the community. Uh, usually, what they're doing is packing food, uh, packing boxes, rebagging. For example, you know, fifty pound bags of product down into a one pound or something like you know family friendly size. Uh, they're sorting fresh produce. There's lots of produce available where, say, ninety percent of it's good, ten percent of it's bad. And well, mm-hmm. our belief is that if the farmer can produce the crop, send it to market, we can at least sort it. And utilize what we can, and then the, what's what's bad we send to a uh, to a digester, a methane digester. So, while it's, uh, we're also just getting into uh, food processing, uh, food dehydration specifically at our East yeah. East Petersburg. Oh wow! Where we can take fresh produce, we dry it, give it a show of stable life. According to our research, dehydrated product will retain over ninety percent of nutritional value, will shrink to about twenty percent of volume. And you hmm. can about a five to 10 year shelf life, depending on products and how it's packaged. And then that can be utilized for international outreach. Uh, so we are in the process of building a, I say building, re 
redeveloping the former Darren Camp's grocery outlet in E-Town, where we went to uh, half of the facility on a setup for food processing and the other half for a selection center like we have in Lancaster. Mm. Our goal there is to product, to uh, process a container load of dehydrated product a week. And to do that, we estimate we'll need to process between 12 and 15 semi-truck loads of fresh product to get our one container load of dehydrated product. Wow. And that's, that's a pretty big project, but we're excited to see what will happen out of that. I mean, at this point, yeah. it's still in the process. We're just, just through our design phase of it. We just got our permit, so we're ready to get into construction. Uh, it's pretty, pretty significant project. So if you got an extra, you know, 10 million bucks laying around that you want to do something with, you send it our way. I was just, uh, it was, it was on my, uh, on my mind uh, to ask about, you know, how people, if they want to volunteer, if they want to donate, if they have things to donate, we'll get there in a minute. But so this food dehydration, so like the blueberry example, where they were ripe or very much near ripe, would you be able to decide, well, half of that we could send right to the street right now. And the other half we could put through the dehydration preservation process. Is that an opportunity for you? Yeah. With that? We are. Oh, it's wonderful. Right now at our East Petersburg location, we're doing a lot of uh, R&D on, on what works, how long does it take to dry different products, how much you know d- does it end up with. I have a uh, blend here. This is a bag of dehydrated vegetables. It's uh, tomatoes, carrots, peppers, and sweet potatoes. And they estimate this bag would feed six people one meal. It's the size of my hand. You know, it's just a small wow. bag product. Okay. So, and so this is product that we've dehydrated at our East Petersburg facility. And we've done nutritional testing on that. You just sort of what, what blends to put together and some of that kind of stuff. And so when, when the end user, when the person would go to cook that, I guess they would put that in a pot of water, boil it and it comes I, I up and think a two gallon of water, I think is what they would add to that little bag of, of dried hmm. vegetables. And then that would fill a pot of, pot of soup. What was it? A gallon of water, maybe. And I got it short. That's a wow. huge opportunity that's, for you there. That's really cool. Yeah. That's, that's pretty incredible. Um, yeah. The way we, that, the, the food's available. If we can figure out how to utilize it when it's right, because there is so much fresh produce available at the peak of its life that just ends up rotting because we don't have a process to do something with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to bring it up again because I love how you said it. It's really sticking with me is that, and I think this is an appropriate quote for your personal life, maybe your faith life, for the problems you have in life. You know, you mentioned we don't have a food problem. We have a management problem, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, maybe we, you know, we don't have it. We, we, I really like how you said that. I don't know where I was going right there, but. I like how you said, we don't have a food problem. We have a management problem. Yeah. And I think if you take David's lesson and apply that mm-hmm. to any problem you're having in mm-hmm. life and, and ask about, well, where does the real problem exist? Yeah. Where, where's the opportunity that everybody else sees as a problem? If you can figure that out, where you can find yeah. the opportunity and actually go with that opportunity, you can, you can create a solution where everybody else saw a problem. David, I have, I have a question. So, um, you mentioned the, the local nonprofits. They're able to come to your, uh, uh, location near, uh, McCaskey, I believe you said in Lancaster City, and they can purchase at, uh, about 27 or 31 cents uh, a pound. How about other organizations like churches, either in Lancaster County and I know beyond because my father has driven multiple times to a Blessings of Hope facility and he's an hour and a half away, uh, volunteering with his church. So, you know, what, what do these churches come, uh, what's that process look like? And, and if somebody's interested, how do they get that process started with you? Well, they, they can, they can call our number, uh, 717-824-1227 and ask to talk to Bill or somebody in, in, uh, ministry relations. And, uh, just basically we have a one page sign up form for, you can walk in the door, fill out that form. We just gather basic, basic information, who they are, who the contact mm-hmm. person is. They have to agree that they're not going to be selling the product and then they have access to our facility, whatever, how it, 
There, there's no restriction on how often they come. They don't have to take a certain volume to stay active. They want to come once a year or once a day. If they want to take, uh, we, we have organizations that are serving five men coming out of prison at a halfway house to churches that are doing an outreach with a semi truck with a food on their parking lot, you know, once a month and anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's all, t- all kinds, all sizes of organizations. Uh, just for example, we have an organization that comes down from Massachusetts about once a month. Since oh, wow. they started getting food at Blessings of Hope, they're able to do about five to six times of food volume and food volume distribution on the same budget, including mm-hmm. they're also traveling down from Massachusetts. And just the, 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 uh, opportunity of, of getting the food at Blessings of Hope instead of buying it at their local grocery store. They can do about five to six times the impact. Wow. I'm, I'm curious. Is there anybody else nationally that you know of doing something similar to this? Like, are you, uh, learning from somebody else or is this like you're blazing the, the trail with, I'm with not this aware of any organization that has the selection center model. I know there's mm-hmm. organizations where, you know, they have an online list. This is available. We're going to send you this product <laughs> or whatever. There's more organizations that I'm aware of that do that. I am not aware of any other nonprofit organization that has more the retail model that we do, mm-hmm. where we have, you know, set up like a grocery store. People come in, they see what we have. They can physically touch, feel, or smell the product, and then take whatever volume they can use. And, and that's actually a good question, too. So um, the other organizations, uh, is, is their price still 27 cents a pound? I am not sure what their, what their price is. Uh, I know oh, okay. there's there some organizations that don't charge anything. And then well, I meant that they have a handling fee, you know, attached to that they pass on to the organization. Gotcha. Well, I meant like other organizations coming to you, blessings of hope. Is it every, anybody that comes that qualifies yeah. is 27 cents a pound? Any, any nonprofit, they pay the, the, the 27 cents a pound handling fee. Yep. And that, that's across all. Food type, so obviously meat. Well, they're, is they're more not. They're not buying than, food. They're not paying anything for the food. They're yep. paying for the service. They're gotcha. paying for the opportunity to, to select that at one location, and uh, our operational costs to get the product to. Yep, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, we had uh, HVAC crews on the roof today, so we know we know that magic magic HVAC fairies don't just. Make it cold. Yeah. There's, we, a, cost. We, we've, we've There's not, a cost, right? We've not figured out yet how to roll into a Lowe's truck stop and tell them by faith we want to put fuel in this truck. <laughs> you, you do want a credit card. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like that. I like that. And so, um, obviously, people can go to blessingsofhope.com. Uh, if they want to contact you to donate food, please do. If they want to contact you to have you help support their ministry, please do. If you want to volunteer, and help fill those boxes, please go blessingsofhope.com. David, I figured as we wrap up our time, I would get your view on this because your partner, Aaron, came from a food insecure home. I think a lot of folks um, who may need food, there's there, there's a level of embarrassment, maybe shame. Uh, there's some pride in there that may prevent them from reaching out to a food bank. Um, what would you say to those folks about everybody along the way that you've known and how, where their heart is to support those people. What would you say to them to help them kind of, I don't want to like get over it is not the right phrase, but to help them make that move to come to whomever it is where they can go to get your food. Well, well, another thing that a program I have not talked about is our our volunteers after a volunteership, they'll get a voucher that's good for one trip to our selection center where they can also pay a handling fee to select food. And there's a, a large number of our volunteers would technically qualify for low income food support, but mm-hmm. this is a way they could give up their time and then still get the food support that they need. Uh, also, the volunteers that don't need Great. that voucher, they can give it to somebody else that can then utilize that voucher on their behalf. So okay. there, there's, that's, that's one thing. Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, back to your question, I think we've all had times where. You know, we were struggling in life. We weren't sure how to, you know, how to get through the next day. And, you know, I, I know for myself, we can, we can point back to a few specific instances where somebody stepping into the time of need with support 
that was a pivotal moment in our in our past. And you know, if he would have just walked in and said, you know, get over it, it would have been a different outcome. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, we we can't get dependent on those moments, but we can we can you know we, we don't want to just be the next handout people depend on, but we can be there and help them in their time of need and hopefully point them to a better future. Yeah. Well. Well, and I love how you have the program where people can give their time mm-hmm. to receive the benefit. Yeah. And that's a thing we talk about so often on here. We ask our, our watchers and our listeners, you know, if you have talents, donate those talents. Yeah. Uh, to, to charities that you have a connection with. Maybe because maybe you don't have the dollars to donate, you know, and then you have time that you can donate. So it comes down to that time, talent and treasure conversation. And I love how you do that. You, you get by giving and there's dignity in that, even though you need it. Yeah. Even though you're not in the most secure place, there's dignity and goodness in, in giving back to the organization. That's just mm-hmm. tremendous. Mm-hmm. I love hearing that. Mm-hmm. Love it. David, I loved, been great. Yeah. I loved hearing everything about blessings of hope. Uh, we thought we'd take a little bit of time, have everybody get to know you a little bit better. You're, you're the face. It seems of blessings of hope. You got a big social media presence. So, um, and, and we're going to get this video out as I shared in the pre-show. We'll get it to your media team. So maybe we're going to give them a little bit of fun here, if that's okay. Sure. All right. So what is a surprising talent that you have that others may not know about? Oh, I don't know. I, I didn't, I didn't think about that one yet. <laughs> so, uh, right. I, I saw in a couple of the pictures, it looked like you might have been singing with, uh, other members of the team there were you I, singing or was it just yeah, a, a no, I, I i do i do enjoy singing uh, okay that that might go. be that might be one yeah well there there we go uh running a uh a gigantic nonprofit organization i think that requires talent yeah so <laughs> yeah. uh are you are you a, a sports fan and do you follow a specific sports team I I don't. I mean, I, no, I, I mean, my boys do. My boys love the Eagles, but uh, they 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 drugged me into a few games already. You know where I watch it with them or whatever. But uh, no, I I don't really have time for that. I, uh, yeah. if I if I'm not working or spending time with my family, I like to sleep. Uh, I also enjoy <laughs> going to auctions. Uh, just okay. I don't know what it is about auctions, but I enjoy auctions. Do uh, you have a? Uh, do you have a? a- uh, and a, a move or an expression for bidding is it is it one of these is it one of those is there not a- necessarily I think it's I think it's more just the atmosphere the the high energy atmosphere that I enjoy yeah. uh, one thing I did not share was I have twelve children so I do have hey. you know a, a busy lifestyle at home as well with the youngest yes. youngest being twins they are just over a year oh, old the, did you, a year just over a year old yeah twin boys oh wow. Well, happy birthday to them. Congrats. Yeah. Oh wow. my gosh. Yeah, you've got you've got a little football team there just under the lap the lap household there. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. No yeah. wonder you like to sleep when you're not working yeah, right? oh my goodness. with the family. <laughs> All right. I'm I'm curious to know uh your your answer to this. Um do you have a favorite dessert? Favorite dessert. I, I, be careful. I don't, I, I don't Fanny like, might hear this. <laughs> I don't like to eat as much as some people do. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually right now. I'm, yeah, I, uh, I eat eight times a week. Okay. Wow. And, uh, I'm, I'm trying to lose some weight. So hopefully I'll get good for you. I, I did awesome. that last year for six months. I lost 35 pounds, <clears throat> but then I went back to eating and I most of it back again. So I try to get again. Be a little more mindful of it. Uh, desserts. Trying to think of anything specific. I like, I love ice cream. That, that would be one. Who who Uh, doesn't, right? I I like soft, I like soft pretzels as well. That's not really a dessert, but like soft pretzels. It's, it's a special treat. treat. I I was, I was thinking you might go the good old Lancaster County shoe fly pie, which is like, I do like shoe fly pies as well. That's right. That's good. That's good. All right. All right. And the last one. Uh, so if you were to move and leave, uh, Lancaster County, which he did, which he did. Yep. 
what would be the thing you miss most about the area? Probably the diversity of people. Hmm. There, there's so many different people groups with their own beliefs and opinions and missions, and somehow we all get along. That's great. I love that answer. I like that one. Yeah. You can call Lancaster a bit of a melting pot, right? Yeah, very much. Yep. David, we've had a lot of fun with you today. Really appreciate you, uh, your talents, the dynamic you have there with Aaron and and the rest of your team. Uh, Obviously, you're doing things the right way. You don't just grow uh, a business to that length just because you get what comes in for free. You obviously give it for free. But you're doing something amazing. We appreciate you. We know the Lancaster County region and and all the states around, even as far as Massachusetts and others. Mm -hmm. And hopefully with your food processing, soon to be the world is going to know what Blessings of Hope does. So uh, thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your service to those that need it the most. And uh, we just appreciate you so much. Well, thank you for inviting me on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Have a great afternoon, David. Thank Thank you. you. What a success story. I, I'm floored. 40%. Up to 40% food is wasted. Just wasted. Which I think is where David dropped his quote that I'll say again. It's, you know, we don't have a food problem. We have a food management problem. Right. right. I think is more akin to what he actually said. And I think it's appropriate of most anything in your life. You know, uh, you know, we don't have a bad child problem. We have yeah. a meeting that child's expectations and talents problem. Right. 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 We don't have a, you know, in our business, we don't have a sales problem. We have a problem with not having products customers want. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Not that we have that problem, but in general. Yeah. Just as as a broad statement. And boy, what a, what a way to look at things and that, you know, the opportunity is found where most think it's a problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very, very cool business and, and, not business, but a charity yeah. that supports yeah, organization our, supports Absolutely. our region. So they're kind of, I would imagine that at times power packs has gone to their side. Mm, yeah, for I, sure. I would imagine some of our other food pantries we've had on um, work with blessings of hope. Yeah, and so, and numerous churches and orga- yeah. uh, similar organizations, yep. missions, community missions. Yep. Yeah. So just tremendous kudos and thank you and feeling a gratitude to David and his team. And, uh, yeah, they, uh, they're making it happen. That food dehydrating thing's pretty cool. No, so we'll see, see what happens there at the old Darren camps in E-Town. Oh, and yeah, I love that. They're, they're, um, they've got multiple warehouses and facilities and they're probably taking over buildings that have remained dormant for the last handful of years. I mean, it's been probably six or seven years since Darren camps left that, um, facility in, uh, Elizabethtown and it's probably set empty since then. So. Which, you know, good stewards of, of the money coming in, right? Mm, Cause right. it would be, it would be real flashy and really nice to put on your, uh, reports annually. Look at this, look at this new building. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. On right. the hill. Yeah. Right. But instead we're going to where that is on that side of town and Richard we're going to reuse it and we're going to be a part of that community and put some jobs into that community and it's true money back into that community. So it's really good. That was really neat. I like that one. That's a good one to come back as the dynamic duo. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're you're David Lapp and I'm Aaron Fisher. Uh, oh, we we've morphed from Batman and Robin Batman to Robin. Re- re- revealed our true identity. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, hey, if you want to be a guest on the show, you go to LancasterConnects.com slash guest and we get the whole process started. It is a whole process now, but it's a good process. And uh, you'll meet Stephanie, who helps us with the show. You'll get involved with Chris, who's our amazing producer here. Chris from Cast Ahead. So this is my time for his regular show. Have you been doing this while I was away? Yeah, I think I've given Chris a shout out or two. You know, he's he's a good, he's, great, he's worthy of a, great, of a mention. Yeah, great, great asset to help us produce a great show. So you get to watch and listen to a great show. So you go to LancasterConnects.com if you want to be on the show and go to the guest tab, fill that out. My sleep better tip for you is sleep routine. 
my goodness, have I violated that the last couple of weeks? You well, you've been in three different, three different, well, different states, three different states, and two different weeks hotels. and multiple nights. And I think I've slept in my own bed four nights in the last eighteen days. I think is yep. what I calculated. At least uh, four plus plane rides. Yes, yeah, it's been a lot. And uh, if I just would have, commu- I, I, I broke all the rules. Like I was on vacation. I said, sleep routine, you're on vacation too. And I broke all the rules and I'm paying the price. Um, so sleep routine could be what you eat or don't eat so many hours before you go to bed, the time you go to bed, the time you wake up, uh, do you drink caffeine or not? So I broke all the rules and I tell you what all those rules are. You go to uh, gardenersmattressandmore.com slash sleep dash better. We'll mail you a copy of our sleep better book, not the podcast copy book, a real real copy right there. We'll mail you your own copy. You can develop your own sleep routine from the great tips we give you in that book and you can improve your sleep. And I am committed back tonight to getting back to my routine. Well, now you're, you're what the, the second night in a row that you can actually sleep in your bed or third or whatever it, it is. It's only going to be the second night in a row. Right. Cause you were at in, the campground, right? In, yeah. Yeah. In three weeks. So there you go. You're, you're on a streak now. Yes. All right. So, uh, testimonial time for Gardener's Mattress and More. Gardener's Mattress and More produces this show and we are within the four walls of the Gardener's Mattress and More retail mattress establishment on Plaza Boulevard. How about that? Uh, we get testimonials, handwritten testimonials, uh, in all the time. There were a number of testimonials in this past week. I thought this one was interesting from Patricia. Uh, no two customers are the same. I think we, we know that as mm-hmm. consumers, we're all looking for different things and, uh, different reasons why we make purchases and whatnot. But, you know, mattresses, we have, everybody has a different bed, different bed type, bed frame, different s- situations and circumstances. Maybe they're moving and they I want visited, to make their... I visited all the different mattress circumstances the last two weeks. And I think you like... even had to fix a bed while you were away, right? So uh, Patricia wrote, um, she was very pleased with our service. Um, we also accommodated her need to hold off on installing the mattress until the work was completed in uh, her house uh, slash room renovation. So this was a scenario where she made her investment in a new mattress, but needed us to hold it until she was ready. So I'm not sure the exact scenario. We sounded like we maybe we hold, held it for a month or two or three, and that's okay. Uh, we want people to, to make the purchase when they're able to make the purchase and when it feels right for them. But then if they need a special circumstances on, circumstance on the back end, we likely can make that happen. So yes. uh, we do have a warehouse facility where we can store products safely, uh, until people are ready to go. So, um, just a way to accommodate our customers based on their need. So thank you, Patricia. And, uh, thanks for sharing your handwritten review with us. Yes. And we do get online reviews too. We actually we just do. crossed the 400 Google review threshold. 400 five star 400 Google review. Yeah. 400. Yeah. Yep. So, yes. uh, so yeah. So we have them everywhere and we always appreciate when our customers share their experience with others. So thank you to Patricia and everybody else that does the same. Without too much further ado, oh, there it is. Well, actually, we're at 401. And I actually have to do some investigation because, uh, you know, Google is going to Google sometimes. And uh, there we might have some that have been hidden and throttled. What? Yep. How dare they? They caught us, they caught us writing them? How dare they put baby <laughs> in a corner, right? Uh, Nobody put baby in a corner. So yeah, I have to check that out. Uh, but I just had a friend who's got a plumbing business. He was very keen on his reviews. Mm. Not that we're not, um, but he, he was noticing some things and did some research and he shared what he did and he had 68 mm. five star reviews reinstated. I know Yelp has done stuff like that yeah. before, but I don't, yeah, I've never seen so, Google do it. We'll check it That's out. Interesting. Anyway, we got some tickets to give away. We do. It is that time. So lancasterconnects.com slash contest. At the top of the show, Ben went over all the ways to get in. So at this point, you can still get in, but you're getting in after we do the drawing for the VIP experience, which means you'd have to do a whole lot of sharing, a whole lot of caring, a whole lot of shaking and moving to get in on the shindig on April 26th and get on stage in the VIP experience. But it can be done. It can be done. It's still the open contest. It's still a horse race. And so... Uh, let's, uh, I guess let's get to spinning the wheel. We're going to do hometown heroes first. Yep. Yep. So we've got four of these to give away. So pretty good odds for the people on the wheel. Rand Hill. Is that what that says? 
There Rand, we go. Rand Hill. So no, we have two. Two and two. Yeah, right? two heroes and two veterans. Yep. Two, four total. A little rusty the last yep. couple of weeks. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> do you remember how to do this? Yeah. There we go. Let's go give it another spin. We should have some music in the background. I mean, is that a little too much to ask? Well, I don't know. We got that copyright smack down it's, it's the true. other week. Jennifer, Jennifer Spangler. Spangler. So congratulations go. to Rand Hill and Jennifer Spangler. And to, to all of our people who have entered, these are all hometown heroes and they are all veterans. So thank you so much for your service yes. to our community and our country. Uh, very much appreciate all of you. And um, go ahead, give it a spin, Chris. Wow, look at that. Got a lot of people in the vet contest. That's great. Oh, yeah. yeah, that one kind of exploded on us. That's great. And of course, if you won in past weeks, you're not in this week's. Right. But you can Michelle still. We ain't. Congratulations, Michelle. Give that another spin there, Chris. This is the last ticket giveaway. Another set of tickets. Go ahead. Spin that wheel. And this is why, look, this is why it pays to have a great production team because Chris brought this in. I mean, he mm -hmm. made this look all great. If you need somebody, uh, Melanie Deeroff, there we go. You need somebody great for your podcast show. Chris and his team are the people. So congratulations, Melody. All of our winners we will uh, reach out to uh, this week. Um, those four will reach out to uh, past winners. Uh, we've re we've already reached out. Uh, we will get your name and information to Hollywood Casino, who will provide the tickets and get you all the details from there. Yeah. And Rand, Jennifer, congratulations on this week, winning for the hero side of the contest, and Michelle and Melody for the veteran side. Congratulations. I feel like, like, I feel like it's over. It's over. We've, we've had this whole run. Of well, we got one more week. Weeks. We've got the great VIP. big VIP week. So tune in next week for that. We'll be very excited to deliver that. And uh, we have a great guest next week because we have, we're booked up like we're through booked September. Through, uh, pretty much the end of September. Yeah. Love it. Yep. Loving. So thank you for all of our guests to come and all of our guests that have been on. Thank you to Chris for producing a great show. Thank you to you for watching and we'll see you next week until the next connection on Lancaster Connects.